I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the Statman Dave Football Podcast. This is episode 15. We've made it through three weeks. Thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and make sure you keep subscribing on iTunes, subscribing on YouTube, and hitting that like button, because that makes Dave a very happy boy. In terms of the feedback that I got last week, thanks for sending that in, guys. Um, The question that I asked on uh, Twitter was, would you rather see the podcasters as a full podcast on YouTube, the best bits, uh, just one section, or nothing? So surprisingly, the votes came in and the full podcast won with 57% of the vote. So thanks again for submitting that feedback. If you've got any feedback, get it in the comments of YouTube or tweet me at StatmanDave or even send me an email if you fancy at Dave at the front three with the number three dot com. But anyway, for this episode, we're going to do a number of things. We're going to have a little bit of fun. We're going to talk the news. Then we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football and then move on to the big Q&A. And also... Throw a little competition in there. Let's start with that. So the competition is to become a Statman Dave intern. Basically, I want to do throw a little competition to you guys, the listeners or the viewers, uh, to basically submit for me five stats. I'll look at the stats. Whoever wins the competition potentially will have an opportunity to work with the great man, Statman Dave. So anyway, email them over to Dave at the front three. That is the number three. So that is Dave at T-H-E-F. R-O-N-T-3, the number, dot com. But anyway, guys, get your submissions in over the next week or so, and I'll pick a winner in the coming weeks, probably in two weeks' time. So you've got about two weeks to get your stats together. I want football stats, by the way, not any stats. I don't want how much a, a can of Coke weighs. I want football stats, Mesut Ozil's goals, chance created, assists, all that type of jazz and fun. But anyway, apart from that, let's move on to the news. So the news. Today we're going to be talking about some interesting subjects. First up, the front three met Ian Wright thanks to uh, Yakatak, the new application that, that samples your football reactions and you can send to your pals. So we spoke to him yesterday at the pub. We had a, we had a beer with him. Uh, Ian decided to drink a uh, single vodka tonic with Lawrence McKenna. Me and Adam had the pints in. A great day. A lot of insight from Ian Wright in terms of goal scoring. Some great questions there. Go and check that content out on the front three. Should be with you very, very shortly. But apart from that, Fernando Torres yesterday took a pretty bad head knock. Um, again, the game Deportivo La Coruña versus Atletico 
Madrid. Around the 67th minute, uh, Fernando Torres took a really bad knock to the back of his head and unfortunately was uh, rushed to hospital to have you know brain scans, neck scans and, and spinal scans. Good news is that he is out this morning, um, you know, looking good, looking sparky, leaving the hospital. Obviously, they monitored him overnight, but he is all fine. In the game, in fact, Deportivo drew one all with Atletico with Anton Griezmann scoring one of the goals of the season. Popped a 1-2 with one of his teammates, popped another 1-2 and then smashed it in from about 30 yards. Top talent potentially coming to Manchester United. Moving on to other La Liga news, Sevilla um, gained ground on their title rivals Real Madrid and Barcelona, now one point behind Real Madrid. They beat Atletico, uh, Athletic Bilbao sorry, 1-0 with a goal from Abora following a penalty miss from Stefan Jovetic. In other news, Mourinho has confirmed that Luke Shaw will be will get some game time against Bournemouth at the weekend. So that is great news for all Luke Shaw and Manchester United fans. I've quite enjoyed what uh, Daily Blind has done this season. And I did mention a transfer target that United probably should sign in the summer. Yesterday's podcast. So if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go and listen to it. Um, a Monaco defender. That's all I'm going to give you. You're going to have to go and click onto it and give it a listen. But anyway, finally, Kevin Grosskreutz has had his, termina- his contract terminated at Stuttgart. He's had a mixed, um, you know, time after leaving Borussia Dortmund, spending a bit of time at Galatasaray and then back to Stuttgart. Unfortunately, it was allegedly that he went out with some uh, Stuttgart under-18s players, got a bit leery, went to a brothel, got into a fight with some other um, teenagers and ended up with a black eye. Unfortunately, they terminated his contract. I feel quite sorry for Kevin Grosskreutz. He's a player that I quite liked, but unfortunately has made mistakes in the past. So hopefully this can be a real kick up the backside and get again back into playing football because I think he's still only about 28, 29 and could do a job for many teams. Again, an alleged story. Not liable to anything here, guys. That's the news. We've done the competition. So let's move on to a bit of fantasy football. There's a new little section I want to try for Friday. Please, um, you know, tweet me, comment in YouTube, whether you like this section, whether you want to see more of it, whether you want me to, see, to dive into other things like DraftKings, FanDuel, you know, paid fantasy football. But at the moment, I'm just going to be talking about Fantasy Premier League because that is something I am massively into. I just love it. You know, I've had some good seasons. I've come into come to some good positions, but sometimes I've done pretty awful with some bad selections. This season, I'm doing okay. Um, this week, in terms of uh, the transfers that I've brought in, so I've taken out uh, Deli Alley and Eden Hazard, both not having the greatest last few weeks. Uh, Deli Alley had a great sp- spell around January and, and Christmas, scored a number of goals. I got him in my team, got those goals. But now he's hit a little bit of a bad, bad patch of form. Um, in terms of Eden Hazard, the same thing, just a little bit off the boil at the moment, little injuries, little niggles. So I've removed both those lads out. Incoming into the side, we've got Gilfie Sigurdsson. Let's first talk about him. Uh, he's been fantastic since Paul Clement took over at Swansea City. Uh, boss and he's sort of become the focal point of the team whether it's playing on the left wing in a 4-3-3 or playing as a number 10 or sort of a second striker since Clement took over as boss Sigurdsson has been directly involved in seven Premier League goals that's more than any other midfielder has managed that is three goals and four assists into if it's uh, set pieces that he's putting into the box or scoring or just getting onto goal scoring opportunities or playing little slide Rule, rule through balls. Sigurdsson is a man banging in form and he is a must-buy on fantasy football at 7.6. I've just looked at the fixture as well. Swansea don't have many, many two tough games left in their season. I think they're playing uh, Manchester United and Tottenham out of the top six and that is that. So it could be very good with Paul Clement um, you know, leading Swansea up the table. Gilfie Sigurdsson is your man. And let's talk about the big bit of cash. So obviously getting Eden Hazard out the side, that is, um, you know, freed up £10.4 million. I decided to go with Kevin De Bruyne. If you don't know, Manchester City have a double game week this week. So it's crucial potentially to get your City guys in, captain one of them um, to sort of get some results. I did look at replacing one of my forwards. I've, at the moment I've got, uh, as you can see, Gabby Adini, um, Ibrahimovic and Harry Kane. 
But I kind of think those three forwards are banging form at the moment. Ibrahimovic obviously facing Bournemouth, who he kind of destroyed earlier on in the season. Harry Kane on the oh, just come off the back of a hat trick against there. Some way suspect Everton defence from time to time. And of course, Gabbiadini following his uh, hat-trick in quotation marks against Manchester United in the uh, EFL Cup final. There's some, uh, you know, there's some real goals there. Obviously, Aguero scored twice against Huddersfield, got an assist. He's in in form. He's got two games this week, but I just didn't think it was worth it. I think my forwards are good enough. You look at Zlatan in terms of the chances created in the last month, more than any other forward scoring goals. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite fancy him. But in terms of what I did, I brought Kevin De Bruyne in to give me two City players. Obviously, Sterling, who's been awesome the last month or two, really going under the radar with the media because he plays for Manchester City. A little bit unfortunate. But in terms of what Kevin De Bruyne is starting to do again, he's starting to rock a great threat from set pieces. Playing as a free eight um, again for Pep Guardiola's side. So it's one of those things where I think that he could be the guy. Going to captain him this week. In terms of the players that you could get, good options, good cheap options, maybe look at Ross Barkley. Obviously, Lukaku, banging form again, scoring the goals for fun. There's also a good option up front. Again, I mentioned my forwards. I'm quite happy with them. But Lukaku's a really good option going up front. In terms of what Barkley's done, in the last month, only Christian Eriksen has created more chances than the England international. So Ross Barkley could be a really good option with Everton's fixture list, uh, how they're playing as a side as well. So maybe get Ross Barkley in instead of um, De Bruyne if you don't fancy that. But that is enough for fantasy football. I hope you enjoyed this little section. It's time to do Friday's... Q&A. Thanks again for sending your, t- your questions in on Twitter, uh, at StatmanDave. There, every Friday, I'll, I'll drop a tweet out, so you know, reply to that or just send me questions through the week, and hopefully I'll remember to touch on them. So first up, every week what we're going to do from now on as well is we're going to spend a bit more time talking about one of the, good, you know, the best questions that's come in. And that question this, this week has come in from Mahada. Hopefully I've not killed your name. That's quite good. Mahadar. Well done, fella. Mahadar1998 on Twitter um, asked, at Statman Dave, are we, in brackets, Manchester United, too reliant on Zlatan? Um, if so, who do we replace him with when he's gone? So when he's gone, potentially at the end of the season, if he doesn't sign a new deal at Manchester United. We'll talk about that at the end. But first up, let's talk about the over-reliance of Manchester United on Zlatan Ibrahimovic. So stats-wise, in terms of an attacking sense, Man United are massively reliant on Zlatan. So let's just run through some crazy stats. So Zlatan has scored 33% of United's goals in all competitions this season, scoring 26 goals in 38 games. He's also been directly involved in 50% of United's goals in the Premier League. That's 15 goals and four assists. Pretty incredible stuff there in an attacking output. But the real interesting part, this next one coming up, get your ears ready to listen to this one. Ibrahimovic has scored 15 goals in the Premier League this season. That is in fact more than Mata, Martial, Wayne Rooney and Marcus Rashford have managed combined, which is quite poor. And if we break down Man United's top scorers in the Premier League this season, Zlatan sits on top with 15 goals. Juan Mata's behind him on six. Then we've got Paul Pogba um, on four goals, Martial Rashford on three, and then Wayne Rooney on two. That is quite poor reading for a squad and the diversity. But, you know, we are coming to sort of the real crunch moment of the season. And these players haven't scored goals. You expect Rashford to get around 10. You expect Martial to get around 10 goals in the Premier League. Pogba, you know, around 10. So I expect these players, you know, Anwar Matter getting about 10 goals. You know, he's taken his chances, been very uh, clinical in the Premier League. But there's still goals to come. And I feel that's quite a good thing for the United squad. That Zlatan has taken the burden so far, which actually, in fact, it'll mean the other players will get around and start scoring goals with the fluidity, with potentially moving to this 4-2-3-1 that's looked very good with Henry Mkhitaryan as a number 10, unfortunately, out injured against Bournemouth this weekend. But Zlatan has given United goals. He's been pivotal. You think of the League Cup final, won that game on his own. Other games that I went back to look at, West Brom away, two goals in that game, completely changed that one. Southampton at home, 
Another brilliant performance against Latan. Loves playing against Latan. Uh, so he loves playing against Salampton, not against Latan. In terms of the the stats, his win rate for Manchester United in the Premier League. Man United have won fifty four percent of the games with the big Swede in the side versus zero percent of the games when he's not in the team. That is a little bit of a misleading stat. I'm going to admit that because he's only played. United have only played one game without him uh, there. So obviously they didn't win that one. So yeah, sorry about that, guys. That was sat cheating. But more impressive stats we're going to move on to. Zaten's goals in the Premier League this season have won United an extra 13 points, which is pretty goddamn incredible. That's Latan uh, either scoring a goal that get United a draw um, from a defeat or converting a draw into a win. Um, so that is so important. Those goals have been massively and crucially important for Manchester United. You think of the game, um, you know, there's so many games where he's really clawed it back for United and got those points. In terms of the top six, let's obviously we've got to branch this out. Um, obviously quite heavily reliant on United in attack. But compared to the top six, a lot of the top six are heavily reliant on one striker. Harry Kane at Tottenham scored 35% of um, Tottenham's goals in the Premier League. You look at Sanchez at Arsenal, 31%. Costa at Chelsea, 29%. And then City and Liverpool that do have lacked a striker this season. City with Aguero when he's out injured, they've lacked a striker or when he's suspended. And then Liverpool just have lacked a goal scorer. Sadio Mane scoring 20% of their goals and Aguero, 21% of Manchester City's goals. So it is quite interesting, but I don't think it's a bad thing being over-reliant on a single striker when you play a one-striker system. If United are playing a 4-4-2, then yes, I would be a little bit worried, but United aren't. United's attacking play is geared towards creating chances for Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Imagine if he'd taken some of the chances that Paul Pogba had created him early on in the season. You know, think about the game against Stoke, the game against Burnley, the game against West Ham, these 1-1 draws that were so frustrating for Manchester United. Imagine if he'd taken a few of those chances. United would be you know, probably second in the Premier League. And I don't think it's a bad thing creating it and aiming your system around one player. Just going back to an old Mourinho team that I was thinking about because I love Diego Melito. He's one of my fa- he was one of my favourite forwards in world football. What a wonderful striker. So good at scoring goals. You think of the Champions League final against Bayern Munich, the goal that he scored pretty much on his own. Fantastic forward. And a forward very much like Zlatan in a way. A target man, a big guy, a guy that can finish. Clinical in the penalty area. You know, towards the end of his career. Scoring goals for fun. And that Mourinho team was built on getting the ball and supplying it to Diego Melito. He had the likes of Godoy Pandev in the side, you know, players like um, Samuel Eto'o, Wesley Schneider, who was the main creator, but it was all geared to creating goals for Diego Melito. Diego Melito that season scored 30% of uh, Inter's goals in all competitions, which I imagine Zlatan's will be, will probably, you know, um, go towards his mean and it will probably hit about 30%. I don't think it's a bad thing being over-reliant on one player and what it means is these other players will step up. Because he won't keep scoring that, you know, he won't keep beyond that level of score and it will slow down. Adam Boltwood with his blonde hair will, you know, be okay with that, but he will get to 20 Premier League goals. And I do think United um, have evolved the system in the last few weeks with Mikitarian coming in as a number 10. I was so pumped about that. I still am so pumped about that. When he's back from injury, he's going to be crucial. Quite an interesting stat. I think um, in terms of midfielders, only Guilford Sigurdsson had more shots on target. Uh, in the last month than Henrik Mkhitaryan. So he was getting into positions, he was creating chances, scoring goals, basically becoming United's worship. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Schneider in a way a slightly different attacking midfielder but yeah Zlatan potentially United are a little bit over too reliant on Zlatan's goals this season but it's not a problem and that is the conclusion a great question sent in by Mahindar thanks for your question buddy top fantastic stuff which moves us nicely on to 4-4 tweets uh, question at Statman Dave if Ibra hits 20 goals by the end of the season we will change your name to Zlatman Dave for a month yeah, why the why not? Why the hell not? From the end of the season, one month onto that, if Zlatan scores over 40 goals in all competitions, it won't be Statman Dave, it'll be Zlatman Dave for a month. Cheers for sending that in for four two tweets. Very difficult name to say. Great guys over there. Maybe make sure you go and give them a follow. Right, so moving on to Ashwin Singh's question at MUFC. Ashwin, has the role of midfielders evolved more towards control than goal scoring? The perfect balance has been rare since Andres Iniesta. It's an interesting one because I think Andreas Iniesta is more of a control creator than a goal scorer. If we're going to look at the data over the last three seasons in terms of central midfielders, we don't have a player that was sort of like a Frank Lampard or, you know, like a proper goal scoring midfielder from central midfield. You think of the top goal scorers um, in that sample set, Hamzik, 23 goals over the last three seasons, arguably played at Cam, of, uh, you know, attacking midfield a few times. And then Paul Pogba and Yaya Toro, both on 20 goals, who I'd say are orthodox central midfielders, or, you know, slightly more than orthodox central midfielders, but do start at central midfield. So quite, it's quite interesting that football has gone that way. You think of the likes of Xavi, Iniesta, uh, Busquets, it was all on that control. It's, I think it's just the swing of football and the tactical trends that we did go to a, a possession-based style, the likes of Xavi Alonso, loads of Spanish players that I'm just reeling off now. Two, maybe more of a counter-attacking, gegenpressing pressing um, style of football that we see right now. You think of Atletico Real, Champions League finals, finalists last season. You think Bayern Munich this season, evolving and being more counter-attacking. One player that is quite interesting is Thiago in there. Because I'd say he is a complete player this season. Starting to get onto the scoring the goals. And that was the only thing that was missing in his game. Two goals against Arsenal. Scored um, midweek against uh, Schalke in the, the Pukul Cup. Fantastic in that game. Brilliant performance from um, Thiago. But in terms of the players that are sort of a hybrid of that role of a controller and a playmaker and a goal scorer and a destroyer, of course it's Paul Pogba. Uh, you know, a same type of thing. You know, I've mentioned that stat before. He's pretty much the top of uh, central midfielders in terms of goals. But also, you look at the Premier League this season, only Jordan Henderson has completed more passes. You look at passes completed in the opposition's half, Paul Pogba number one in the Premier League. So it is a quite interesting one that we are seeing an evolution of uh, midfielders, or we're just seeing 
more complete midfielders. I think that's what we describe. You know, the term box to box is thrown about as describing a complete midfielder, but that for me is already rubbish. Um, you know, a complete midfielder, one that can do every all aspects of central midfield, scoring, creating, tackling, winning the ball back and so forth. You know, think of someone like Angulo Kante, goes the other way, a bit more of a shuttler, but still at the top of his game. Cruz is probably the most um, controlling midfielder currently in the world. Maybe someone like Luka Modric as well, more in the final third. Cruz more of a central midfielder. So there is some good midfielders up there, but I do think we're evolving to this style where midfielders just do everything. Absolutely everything. Paul Pogba and Thiago at the top. I'd throw in uh, Naby Keita, someone we're going to touch on a little bit further on with one of the questions, as another midfielder that will be of that quality. He's probably my favourite player in world football now. Fantastic talent. Uh, Leipzig are playing this evening in the Bundesliga, Friday night, obviously, today. Um, so if you want to you know, go and check that out, because they've, they've moved to a, a 4-3-3, uh, which I'll probably talk about next week. Um, because of the injury to Yusuf Paulson. But anyway, guys, that's enough of that. Um, moving on to Bax Tom's question, at Bax Tom 98 on Twitter, at Statman Dave. Have you ever watched the Belgium League? Um, and do you think uh, Yuri Tilsman can maybe replace Carrick? Love the podcast. Banging. Well, thanks for the feedback, buddy. Top dollar. Uh, well, Yuri Tilsman, I've seen him play live. I watched the, I went to the arsenal Anderlet game last season, or the season before. Great game, 3-3. Arsenal... Cruise control, 3-0 up. I was really critical of Tilsman. 17 years old there, though. You know, you've got to, got to remember that fact that 17 years old, there is tactical and discipline problems, you know, you're going to have at that age that will be eradicated. And I think that was the problem. For me, he was really good when he was on the ball, but he was receiving the ball far too deep. Um, usually would receive it in the wrong areas, like instantly getting pressed by Arsenal. Was just not involved in the game enough. He was too deep, not where you want him. He's got such good techniques, such good ability on the ball that you want him further up. Quite frankly, as soon as Anderlecht started playing well, as soon as Mitrovic came on, Yuri Tilsman played an extra 20 yards up the pitch and he was awesome. You know, pivotal in the comeback, really controlling things in that final third. But it was just interesting that in that first half, he was so poor playing as a defensive midfielder and he was better as, say, a number 10, or not a number 10, but a central midfield number 10. You know, a creator in a pairing of, of two central midfielders. But what we've seen this season, we've seen some explosive goals. You know, recently, what well, he scored a goal with his left foot from 30 yards and a goal with his right foot. He has unbelievable talent. But at that time, I saw him 17 years old. So, you know, he may have worked on that defensive positioning, may work in terms of his ball playing where he needs to be on the pitch. Well, he probably will have definitely worked on that. But in terms of uh, the Belgium League, unfortunately, I don't watch the Belgium League, so I can't give you a great analysis of him this season. When I saw him, he had a little bit of you know, tactical problems, but he's probably eradicated that and he will become one of the best central midfielders in world football. In terms of replacing Carrick, not the same player at all. Um, I don't believe more of a playmaker uh, that's doing his best work in the final third. You wouldn't want him in the defensive midfield position. Uh, I personally wouldn't want him there. I want him higher up the pitch, sort of like, a you know, more of a Paul Scholes than a Michael Carrick, if you're going to compare to any former Manchester United greats. So, uh, further on to LFC for life. Uh, at Smooth Sado, at Starman Dave, do you think Keita and Lacazette will be good signings for Liverpool? Well, yeah, pretty much. If you're thinking of any player that would have replaced Luis Suarez, it was Lacazette. Lacazette's been criticised for being a penalty merchant, only scoring penalties. People that say that have obviously never watched him play, never watched Leon, never watched their fluidity um, with a diamond, with the 4-3-3 and so forth. In terms of goals, over the last three seasons, he's ranked uh, sixth in Europe's top five leagues with 70 goals in the last three seasons. Scores goals for fun, but what also give you a tactical flexibility, can drift wide, can, you know, take a man on, great technical ability, short, compress. For Liverpool, for Klopp, perfect. Don't know why they've not signed him yet. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Be perfect for Arsenal. Could be perfect for someone like Tottenham. 
to take them to the next level, you know, throw Lacazette into a, a front three with, you know, maybe on that right-hand side or throw him as a forward next to Harry Kane. A lot of versatility there, but yeah, great technique, lovely finisher. I'm a big, big fan. In terms of what I want him to move to Liverpool, probably not, because I think that would massively upgrade this Liverpool attack in terms of, you know, you think of Firmino's play false nine, been quite good there against the bigger teams, but against the weaker teams, they lack a number nine. Remember to the Champions League, the sorry, the foot manager that uh, simulation that I did with Lacazette at Liverpool. I think he scored something like 50 goals in like 49 games, which was incredible. So foot, foot, foot manager knows, let's be honest with ourselves. So Lacazette to Liverpool, a great signing. In terms of Keita, what I said to you before, my favourite central midfielder in world football right now can do it all. Can tackle like Angulo Kante, can dribble, close control, skills. His vision as well is is brilliant. Always looking for that through ball. You know, his pass accuracy usually rocking around 80%, 79% in some games, but it's because he's constantly finding those through balls. Isn't a bad thing. We saw um, Leipzig last weekend against, uh, I can't remember who they were playing, but they're playing a 4-3-3 and he was drifting into that final, final third. Um, I think he got two assists and then put the ball in for the own goal. Fantastic. You know, he can operate in wide areas, can operate centrally, scored some banging long range efforts this season. Um, you know, got into penalty area later, rescued a point at Dortmund. No, sorry, got the winner at Dortmund. He's just a wonderful player and whoever picks him up is going to be getting a world class player in the next few seasons. Maybe Man United with Paul Pogba. That would be a pretty tasty central midfield pairing. But I think it needs someone in behind to marshal it because those two players just be too attacking. And anyway, yeah, but so in terms of the question, at Smooth Sado, like my smooth new voice. Great question. Both would be brilliant for Liverpool. Moving on to Andres Nilsson's question, at Andreas Manchester United, at Statman Dave. What would the at Premier League table be like if you counted United's um, form since their last defeat? Well, in fact, I looked at that and Manchester United would be in joint second position but they'd played a game fewer than Tottenham um, who they'd be equal in second place on 34 points unfortunately Chelsea would still be 10 points clear Chelsea have just been on an absolute fly and run of form as United have as well so it wouldn't change too much in the title race but United would be second position in the league they are in great form right now and have not lost a game I think what in 15 Premier League games or something crazy like oh 16 Premier League games sorry so they are looking very very good so on to uh, Mo Noor's question at EXK R-U-Z on Twitter. What do you think about Rooney's possible return to Everton? Will improve the side or hinder the progress of Ross Barkley? Well, I kind of feel Rooney back to Everton, if they didn't have to pay his monstrous wages, would be quite a good move for this Everton team that, you know, it's looked hot and cold. The consistency's not quite there. Maybe having someone of Rooney's leadership and experience may improve that side. You think of players like, like Barkley, who... Gets through two tunnel vision in the box. You know, it's a technical issue for him. He gets so, you know, his head drops when he gets to the penalty area. I argue, I honestly think Ross Barkley's best position would be as a number nine, as a centre forward, as a striker. I think the best things that he's done is when he plays with his back to goal, when he's um, when he's fluid, when he, when he doesn't have to create, when he's the guy getting on to the end of those chances. I'd love to see Lukaku move on in the summer, Ross Barkley become their number nine and see if he can score 15 goals in a season because he's got that potential, got that ability. And I don't think he's a 10, I don't think he's a number eight, I don't think he's a number six. He's a number nine. Get him through the middle. You heard it here first. Stat man, Dave, football podcast. Just a bit of branding there. Obviously, throw that in there. Um, and then on to Nicholas uh, at Nicopolidis' question from Twitter. Um, could Squawker provide heat maps or pass charts? Pass charts? Sorry, that was terrible. Terrible. Combined from a period of time for more than one game? Yes. Uh, Nico, they could. They could. Uh, you know, it's basically just be pulling the, the data set together from Opta uh, and pumping it out and processing it. It'd be quite a heavy process, um, you know, given the 
the feed that I opt to do send out um, and what you'd have to do. But yeah, it's definitely possible in terms of um, could they do it right now? I, I don't know. Obviously, I, I left Squawker four months ago. I had a brilliant time there. Uh, but I think it was time for me to focus on the Statman Dave football podcast. So make sure you subscribe to it on iTunes, subscribe to it on YouTube and, you know, like every single thing that happens on the internet that is Statman Dave. Sorry about that. Shameless plug. Sorry, guys. Just, yeah, sometimes it happens. Anyway, Moving on to Potato's question. Abdul's mad. Where do you think United are going to finish at the end of the season? In the Premier League. I'm going to go with fourth position. I'll just creep into the Champions League, but as I mentioned, I've been saying it for the last six months. Europa League, League Cup, FA Cup, treble. It is on for United. And the final question. The final question for this week's Q&A podcast. And this, this week's podcast here in Hull. Um, Yusuf Hassan uh, what's your honest opinion on Pep at Manchester City at the moment also that Manchester City the only team to use traditional wingers like Sane and Sterling with Sterling having completed the most take-ons um, in the opposition's half in Europe's top five leagues yeah in fact 17 take-ons in Europe's top five leagues um, Sterling and, and like I said before massively going under the radar because he plays at Manchester City he's been really really good this year and you've got to, you know, when, you know, even when players play for Liverpool, play for City, you've got to appreciate what they're doing on the pitch, um, even as a Manchester United fan. Uh, and he's been in really good form. In terms of their structure, they've gone back to this 3-8s, 2-3-8s in midfield, going back to those wide players, the likes of Sterling, Sane, playing very, very well. All started with Gabriel Jesus' return. But what we're seeing is a hungry Aguero, a very hungry Aguero. I loved how he was chasing people down against Huddersfield. He looked like he wanted to win the ball back. If he'd lost it, bang, he was straight on it. And that's what Pep Guardiola wanted to see from the Argentinian gunman. So I honestly think City will come second in the Premier League. I think they're going to be the only team that will slightly push Chelsea. I say slight because I don't think they're going to push Chelsea at all. I think Chelsea are going to win the Premier League by a country mile. Conte knows what to do in this position, knows how to keep the players motivated, pumped up and psyched. But City have been very, very good in recent weeks and I've been impressed what Pep Guardiola has done. Um, in the sort of second half of this season, you know, he's eradicated playing through at the back where he hasn't played as much as he did before. He's starting to get a real feel for this team. And if City sign two quality fullbacks in the summer, they're going to be competing for Chelsea, with Chelsea, with Manchester United for the Premier League title next season. On that note, that is a wrap for the Statman Dave Football Podcast of this week, episode 15. If you missed any of the episodes um, on iTunes or on YouTube, make sure you go back and you listen, you watch them, because there's some great stuff that we've done this week. You know, we've spoke about who's going to replace um, Lewis and Rick at Barca. We've spoke about Leicester City, what went wrong for Ranieri, what went right in this season that he won the Premier League. So make sure you go and listen to those, watch those. Subscribe to iTunes, write the reviews, because uh, on Monday I was supposed to do it today, but I forgot. I'm sorry, guys. I will read your reviews out. Maybe Statman Steve will come to read them out, actually, because I've not spoke to Statman Steve in a while. Anyway, see you later, guys. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.